There's no gravitational pull of sin, but you'll still have a personality because it'd really be boring in heaven if we all were a bunch of zombies. Come on, somebody. So you're still going to have your personality, whether you like it or not. But it's, yeah, it's true. But it's not going to have any sin attached to it. Come on. That's a difference. I'm telling you, you'll never say anything about complaining. It'll all be, when you start to complain, it'll be glory to God. I mean, everything. That's why you're going to praise him forever. Because when you start to say something silly, it won't come out of your mouth. It's like Jesus, when, he's, when he begins to speak, he's always going to speak the truth because he is the truth. He can't speak anything but truth. You might as well say amen. amen. I'll just stay and preach right there all day. Boy, I'm so excited today. I was excited yesterday. I get excited every day. Everybody's so worried about tomorrow. Listen to me. Monday's a great day. Monday's a great day. I don't know why every y'all look like it's going to be a bad week. I think it's going to be a great week every Monday. But see, I'm a morning person, so I feel sorry for you people that get up every morning and go, good, glory to God. I love the morning. I'm excited about the morning. I get up ready to go every day. And Sunday is my favorite day, I will tell you that. But when you're in Africa preaching, and you're preaching almost every day, it's like Sunday every day. So I'm excited every day over there. I am looking forward to going back in September. If you're one of those ones, come see me. Let's talk about it. I need $1,000. And you say, boy, that's a lot of money. $1,000? Come on, just get off of Coke's for a Six months, some of y'all. Come on, I, I'm, just, no, I'm meddling a little bit there. Don't do that. I ain't going to tell you about cigarettes and drinking. Let's just let God do that, okay? All right? Get off pornography. Now I'm meddling, see? But somebody has to meddle in your life. All right, it ain't me that's meddling. It's God who wants to meddle up in your life. Listen to me. He is up in your business. I preached a message one time as God is up in your business. But he has to be. Why? Because he bought you and he owns you. He's up in your business. Don't be saying, what's God up in here for? Because he's your, you're his son. That's right. He's going to mess with his sons. That's right. You ever thought about that? Mm-hmm. Why is God met? Because you're his son. Yeah. Don't you want him messing with you? I mess with mine. That's exactly right. My son, when he was a little kid, I used to mess with him. Now he's bigger than me. I don't mess with him no more. <laughs> really, really good to see you. Last week, I preached on, uh, it's called Against All Odds. And it was called the reason. Remember Adam? That was the reason. Against all odds, none of us have a chance. If you just look at Adam himself and the curse he put on the world, it's impossible for us to walk away from that. It's impossible for us to win against that. You can't be good enough. I told you last week. You can't be good looking enough. You can't have uh, enough money to buy your way. You can't know the right people. You can't drive the right car. can't have the right job. There's nothing you can do to get out of Adam except for one thing. That's all there is. One. What is it? Just say the name. That's all it is. You can't get out of Adam except by Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean it's all going to be peaches and creams because we still walk around with a soulish activity that operates through our flesh. Are you listening to me? I know we're sons, but sometimes we act like sons of guns. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm preaching right, but I got to preach real. Amen? You got to keep it real. Ed Young says real and raw. And some of us want to be real and unreal in here and get out there and be real and raw. But it has to be real and raw in the church as well. We could have never recovered from Adam without Jesus. And some of us still wonder whether we recovered or not because our flesh still operates and our soul still runs our life and we wonder a lot of days in our life are we really saved. Listen to me. If you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, 
you've confessed with your mouth and you believe with your whole heart that Jesus is Lord, I assure you, you're saved. Now, you're the one that has to decide whether you're going to progress and be a disciple, which is nothing more than a learner of Jesus from now to the day you die. And that's what I chose to do 36 years ago. Preacher or not, coach or not, I chose. And I've been a preacher for 20 years, and I still think the greatest thing that's ever happened to me is Jesus. Not that I've got to go to Africa, Israel, and all these other places. The greatest thing, I wouldn't even go to those places if it wouldn't have been for Jesus. You know, I'd have been here sitting on the back porch somewhere staying drunk and stoned. I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. But when Jesus transforms you, and it's not that it happens and it's never been a pull toward and the temptation of, it's a matter of I have to allow the Spirit of God to transform me on a daily basis so my soul, man, doesn't control me. Your soul, as we sang that song a while ago, can only be well if the Spirit of God is leading you. That's why a lot of Christians look soul sick. I did a message another time. Remember, Barbara, I know you won't forget this one because you said it 10,000 times during the sermon. Remember, David had soul trouble. His soul was troubled. Our soul gets troubled when the Spirit of God is not given the right to lead in our lives. And there's many steps in that, but I don't want to talk about it. I will later. Not in this message. I'm working on something. So today I want to talk about against all odds. That's what we're talking about. We're culminating up into a point where the resurrection hits, right? Against all odds, the appearance. Now, there's many things we look at that we can look at and say it's an impossible situation. Against all odds, we might as well not even talk about it because you can't win. Am I right or wrong? Just quit. Just give up. It's over. It's against all odds. You're not going to amount to anything. You didn't do school right. Okay, your parents talk bad about you. You know, you ran with the wrong crowd. Whatever, pick your poison of what's controlled your mind to this point because the odds are, and the people have said, and you've even admitted, the odds are against you. I hate to say that, but I don't know why we play the odds, but we do. The appearance, that's what really gets us. I think of it in the morning when you get up and you look at yourself and you go, oh my gosh. Am I ever going to be able to accomplish anything? You have to be able to look into the mirror and see the Jesus in you instead of you. Because when you look at you, you're right. It's failure, defeat, it's hopeless, helpless, and complete despair. But when you truly look and see the Jesus in you running your life, there's nothing impossible with God. And and he's chosen to use us to get this done. Mike Tyson was undefeated on February 11th, 1990. Mike Tyson entered the ring undefeated. 37 wins. 33 knockouts. Now, for you that don't know anything about boxing, he's a bad man. At this point in time, every person that climbed in the ring with him feared for their life. Because if you weren't strong enough in your neck, he would literally break your neck. Definitely going to knock you out. He was, in all appearance, going to destroy James Buster Douglas. In all appearance. I mean, you have James Buster Douglas, and then you have Iron Mike Tyson. Mike had literally destroyed all opponents. And he destroyed them most of all because of his appearance. He was only about 5'11", 220, but he was literally Iron Mike Tyson. It appeared this was going to be a walkover. I mean, he was just going to stretch a little bit, go out and knock this guy out, and it was going to be another knockout. 
But as always, you have to remember, it's like playing on Friday night football. They have to fight even though the odds were a landslide favorite for Tyson. They still have to fight. They still have to prove, you know, is there... Well, to be honest, Las Vegas didn't even give any odds, but those that did gave it 42 to 1. 42 to 1. So if you'd have bet on James Buster Douglas, I'll just tell you, you, you would hopefully be in this church and your tithe would be rocking in here. Amen? <laughs> But it's really funny when people get money, they forget God. Because when you get money, it seems like you have all you need, so you don't need God. I'm meddling again. See, I don't even mean to do that. It just happens. Even the announcers professed James Buster Douglas was going to become the next statistic in a long line of losers to iron Mike Tyson. But in the 10th round, legs actually look fresher to me. See Mike the way he went back in his heels, doesn't have the good balance. His legs together is busted. Landing these all day suffocates by Buster Douglas. Look at this. He's knocked Mike Tyson down for the first time in his career. Mike Tyson hits the canvas. He's in big trouble. He may not be able to recover. It's up to seven and eight. He's not going to make it. Unbelievable. 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 Buster Douglas is the new heavyweight champion of the world. Uppercut. There it is. That's not all. It's the left hook is going to finish it. Man, that's it. Wow. It wasn't supposed to happen. Mike Tyson was on, the, on his back for the first time ever in boxing. It was not supposed to happen. And did you hear how the crowd... I mean, and the announcers just went crazy. Do you understand that the angels in heaven do much more than that when one soul comes to Jesus? I mean, he went crazy, didn't he? Think about this. When you choose to allow the Spirit of God to operate in your life, it's exactly like that, but even greater because that's a natural announcement. But the Spirit of God is just, when he invades you and you allow, allow the invasion... It's even greater than that. Just think about that. I saw that when it happened. I think many of you in here did. But it was a great thing that happened. Everybody wanted him to win, but Buster Douglas, they forgot to tell Buster Douglas, you're not supposed to win. And Mike came out overconfident. For whatever excuse that he had, he didn't train properly. And that's what happens to some of us in the faith. Against all odds, Buster Douglas won the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Against all odds. Nobody thought he would win. Listen to me. That's the way it is in your life. There's many of you that have been counted out way before you ever got started. People have looked at your past and measured that against your future and said they'll never change. They'll never get it right. When I was lost, I was told and talked about as one that would never be saved, that I would live this stupid life for all of my life, and I would die and go to hell. Little did they know there were many people praying for me, as they are some of us that have been prayed for, and many that aren't here that we're still praying for, that are going to change the world because of the God that's going to be loosed in them. Against all odds, things happen. That's how it happens. The world has counted you out. One. Two. They counted you out. Come on, when you were dealing drugs, when you were committing adultery, when you were getting drunk, when you were smoking dope, you understand the world's counted you out. There's a couple of guys in here, and many more than that, that I never gave up on. They know who they are. One of them's right here on the front row. Another one's right on the back, right there by his brother. 
I never gave up on him. Every time I saw him, I'd speak life into him. Every time I'd see him, I'd say, you remember, God has a plan for you. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. And then when they got it right, and finally, and it's not over yet because they're still alive. Temptation's still real. And they have to decide, is the Spirit of God going to lead them or is their flesh going to take over? And they operate in their soulish power and their body manifests who's leading. Come on, somebody. If you don't, you don't get all that, get the tape. You haven't got a chance. That's what they said about me. That's what they said about you. You're beaten before you begin. Hadn't you been told that? You'll never quit drinking. Listen, I used to drink my breakfast. I did. It's just the truth. I mean, I don't know anything else. That's why I'm not a real fan of alcohol. Don't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm not a real fan of it. The Bible doesn't say anything about it. If you drink a beer, you go to hell. But I don't know many people that drink one beer unless it's a really big one. I'm just being honest. I, I couldn't handle it. I mean, I'm one of those guys that couldn't sit down, drink socially. I drank for one reason. Y'all remember? I was going to be the president that night. <laughs> you got to drink to a point to be the president. Come on, somebody. And I'd start giving orders when I'd get there, too. Everybody would know. They thought it was funny. But it was a, my, my wife just used to be embarrassed everywhere I went because I never found the door that I came in. Y'all know what I'm talking Y'all ever... I guess I'm the only one ever done that. I know Lady Leroy has. Leroy, you just be quiet. There's a lot of things Leroy did we can't talk about. Y'all say, how can you say that about him? Well, I've known him about 25 years. So I can say a lot of, yeah, I, know, I know a lot of your business. I don't want to know any more of your business. <laughs> don't you love Jesus? Two heathens that God saved can get along and be brothers. I mean that. You wonder why he's so whacked out? Because he's so greatly appreciative of what God has done in his life that he just wants to tell everybody how good God is. And that's the truth. The sad thing in all of us is this, that most of us believe what the world is saying. You've already believed what the world said about you. You'll never amount to anything because you're run by your emotions. Come on, somebody. That's a hard thing, isn't it, to be run by your emotions? You're up, you're down. Sometimes I tell my wife when I get like that, I'm kind of bipolar. I'm not bipolar, I'm getting demon-possessed. Come on, somebody, just be honest. So why try? The world's already said, Rose, why should I ever, I mean, I'm over. It's done. I ought to quit. I'm never going to amount to anything. And the truth is, as long as I'm operating in and of myself, I'm really not going to be of any value to God. But when I let the Spirit of God take over, victory begins. And I'm telling you what, there is that shout that you saw a while ago that's a spiritual shout that's proclaimed not just on earth but in heaven as well. Christians talk just like the lost half the time. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says this. Now, are you getting that? That's what we were. Say, that's what I was. So we don't act like we were. We act like we are. Are you listening? And it's by the Spirit of God that I continue. See, it's the last thing that it talks about. It's the Spirit of God that you take on when you get born again. And that's what gives you the grace, which is the power of God in you, working through you, to operate in a forward movement. See, this is what we were. And there's two, there's two more lists like this I could have read. But this is what we were. The appearance of what I were does not dictate who I am today. Are you listening to me? I mean, come on, we can all go back and we can make a list of what we were, but by God, the only one that doesn't have that list anymore is the one that counts the most. Jesus doesn't have that list anymore. 
And if he doesn't keep it, why are we bringing it up? The only time you ever use that list is when you're warning, warning to give somebody a testimony. I don't talk to you about drinking and, and smoking dope and doing all those crazy things I did for any other reason to let you know if God can save a dog like me. Come on, somebody. And he can change, change you as well and make you a champion in, in Christ. You're all, you're all, you are ready by this verse right now because it's what you were to become the Buster Douglas of the faith. Wouldn't you like to step up on this stage and you can hear the angels of heaven say, you knocked him out. You knocked him out. It ain't Mike Tyson you knocked out, but it's the devil that's been haunting your family. It's the devil that's been haunting your life. It's what's keeping you looking like you're beat before you begin. But this day, you stood up and you looked him in the face and said, it's my time. It's my turn because God has given me this victory. Don't patty cake. Give the Lord a hand clap. Can I tell you something? You do have to train. But you can overcome. You can develop a knockout punch. Listen to me. No, I, I didn't. When, when I used to think about getting, when somebody did have enough guts to come minister to me and try to teach me about Jesus, the first thing I could think was, but how do you give up all this stuff? First of all, I don't want to. Am I the only one in here that's done that? I don't want to give it up. As a matter of fact, I likes it. No, I do. I like getting drunk. I mean, why are you trying to talk me out of something I like? I mean, I like doing the things I did, Robert. Wrong. I don't care how wrong it was. I like doing it. And then I start trying to jockey for position going, well, that's all God wants to do is change my life. No, he wants to give me a new life. He wants to exchange my life. You got to hear that. It's not a change, it's an exchange. On the cross, he took your old filthy, sorry dog self, and he gave you the resurrected life that he has. Not a changed life, but an All you in mentoring ought to remember this, but some of you have forgotten it because you're still trying to live the changed life. When you live the changed life, you just try harder. When you live the exchanged life, what do you do? You don't try anymore, you trust. You believe, you operate in faith by His Spirit. The very thing God has allowed into your life that seems unfair, say unfair, unfair. say surprising, surprising. say catastrophic, catastrophic, and then you can put etc. It's just the thing that is in your training as becoming the disciple He is raising for victory. All of those things are for you to step into the ring. You are getting conditioned. You can't get mad at God when He starts to condition you. Some of the things you put yourself in. Other things, he doesn't cause them, but he sure doesn't stop them sometimes. Amen? Right. And he's putting you in so you can get in shape, so you can get ready. Yes, it all consists of, of, of the Spirit of God being led by the Spirit because you're a son. Yes, it means reading your Bible no matter how you feel because most of Americans that I know always operate on their emotions. I don't care how I feel. I've been... Sometimes when I get in that bipolar mood, am I the only one that ever acts bipolar? I don't think I'm really bipolar, but sometimes I act bipolar. Or maybe I am bipolar. So that means I'm partly sometimes the enemy's giving me so much hell, I just agree with him. Y'all ever do that? When the enemy is giving you so much, no, I want you to be real here and quit saying, 
Well, I just can't believe he preaches like that. I just preach the truth to you. Now, if you want to go here, uh, I have a degree. It's a BA degree. Yes, I have a college degree, but I have a BA degree. It's more important than the intellect that they taught me in college. First of all, when you go to college, you have to make sure you're not overtaken by some kind of ridiculous philosophy. Huh? Buddhism. I was taught all kind of stuff. And back then, I thought it all sounded pretty good. You know, it didn't matter because I was in a state where I was. When, <laughs> when you're in limbo, buddy, you can limbo. <laughs> no, you know what limbo is. Never mind. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Let's look at this. But that's not all. We also brag when we are suffering. Now, when's the last time you heard somebody go, man, you won't believe it. I've been going through hell and I'm loving it. (laughs) Here's what I hear from Christians. (laughs) The refrigerator went out. (laughs) Why are you limping? It wasn't your leg got hurt. It's funny when... When things happen in our house, it makes us limp. We didn't even trip or fall on anything. But what it's showing us is there's a spiritual limp. I'm telling you right now, that's what is an indication of. So we know that suffering creates endurance. Endurance creates character. And character creates confidence. Come on, somebody. We're not ashamed to have this confidence because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to it. Now listen to me. It's all back to the same thing again, the Holy Ghost. Like it or not, if you don't give way to the Spirit of God in your life, you'll always struggle to, to stop operating in your flesh. That's, all, that's what it's all about. It's victory. I mean, when's the last time you really heard somebody praising God for the difficulty that they're in? Man, matter of fact, a lot of times we don't even come to church because we're in a difficulty. We stop coming to church. I know God's not here, so I'm not coming. No, the deal is God is here. And God's at your house. God's on your job, the place where you're having most difficulty. And I know you keep praying for him to change everybody else, but God is focused on not them. He's focused on his sons. He's wanting to change you. Quit praying about everybody else changing. Have you ever thought and wondered why you've been praying for everybody else to change and they never change? I'm trying to preach to somebody in this house today. Some of y'all ain't listening. Can I help you? I know, D, you used to, you didn't even pray, but many people. I can talk to him like that. I've known him since he's 17 years old. But you understand what I'm saying? Quit asking God to change everybody else. He's changing you. Those people, you have no idea how bad they are. Well, listen, you little judgmental gossiping thing. Well, that's what the scripture says in Romans 2 and Matthew 7 through 5, 7, 1 through 5. If you're going to judge, you're going to be judged by that same measure. In other words, wherever you are on what level, God's going to allow whatever that is for other people to look at you and say the same thing about you. Hmm. Why can't we get so quiet when you speak the truth? Don't you love it? This is not fake news. We've already preached on that. Amen. It's the Holy Ghost that has to lead you. Out of all of the stories in the Bible, I'm going to talk about one today that is so old, but it's so true. Because today we're talking about appearances. That's what really defeats most of us. It's appearances. We look at things and we just decide because we don't know how to look out in the spirit. Okay? Now, I want to be a spirit creature 
but I can't be a spirit because I'm on the earth. Does that make sense to you? I mean, I want to be a spirit, be a spirit led man, but I can't act like, act like I'm floating around in the spirit. I mean, first of all, that, that, those are weirdos. Are you listening to me? I call them supernovas. They're, they're so heavenly minded, they can't be any earthly good because they're always above everybody else. And what they're saying is not true because nobody can understand it. Come on, somebody. I know y'all know some of those kind of people. I love them dearly. And I try to bring them down to earth. Okay, because if they do know something in heaven, they ought to be doing it on That's what the Bible says. Out of all the stories in the Bible, we need to talk about David and Goliath. This is the story that through all appearances, we all know it's over. It's worse than Mike Tyson. David cannot win. He can't win if you look in the natural. He can't win. How do most of us perceive things? Like it or not, we're in a church. We believe in the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you're a tongue talker or not. You still have to have the Holy Ghost to be able to operate in a Christian sense where God has called you to be his son. You have to. You must. There's no argument. Period. So the enemy is all about causing you not to consider the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Father, whatever you want to say that makes you feel good. Most of our Goliaths are not nine foot nine. Do we have that thing around here or not? Do we have the, I had a, a, a deal made of Goliath. I don't know where it is. Maybe it didn't get made. You want to get it right quick? I just want to show you how big this is. It's not Rod. That's not nine foot nine. <laughs> Rod's just a little bit, it's just a, a, a figure that is, uh, I just want to show you how big it is. It's not, it's easy to carry. I just want to show you nine foot nine. Now, I just wanted to show you, if I was going to fight, just stay right there, Ron. If I was going to fight him, this is what it would look like. I don't want you, I want you to quit laughing because he, come here, Will. Now, Will's about six, four, six, five. Get over here, Will. You know what does Will look like? Stay, stay right there. See, Will, Will don't want none of it either. The truth is, if I'm looking at that, I'm, I, first of all, I wouldn't fight Will. <laughs> so what do you think I'm going to do with this? I mean, I think some of y'all are bad, but I don't care if you're 6'5 or 6'6. Six, six. I don't care if you're 7 foot. You're still two and a half feet out of range. Okay, so he's, and he probably weighs anywhere from 600 to 900 pounds. And he carries it well. He's fully armored. So if it looks like me and Goliath are going to get into a problem, who's going to win in your eyes? No, quit it. You didn't look in the spiritual. He has no covenant with God. Who has a covenant with God? So who's going to win this battle? If God's called me to it, I can't help but win it. That's what you have to see. That's where your appearance blows your mind. You look in the world and how they dictate what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And through the appearance of what they say and the, and the validity that we give it, it supersedes the power of God. And it destroys and stymies the grace of God that's supposed to be in you, working through you. We look at just appearances. Well, you know, God understands I've got to do this and I have to do this because the world dictates. Have you ever thought just for a moment to not look at what you hear, not look at what you see, but be able to operate in the spirit of God and no matter how big it is, you understand if God called you to it, he'll get you through it. Isn't it true? Nine foot nine, 
2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. We live by faith and not by. We live by and not by. We live by and not by. We live by and not by. So you're going to stop it. If you, if you could get that verse right there down, do you understand the victory we'd have in here? I'm telling you what, we'd have to bust out every wall to get everybody in here because people would actually see somebody live by faith and not by sight. Let me tell you the real truth, and I've told you this before. David was not any bigger than I am. But he was a bad man. I consider I'm a bad man in God. David was a bad man because of God. He wasn't chosen because he was the strongest. That's what happened to Saul. He was a head and shoulder above everybody. But even Saul hid from Goliath. <laughs> the Bible says God looks at the heart. Let's look at Jeremiah 17, 9, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitfully above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Well, we have to watch the heart because the heart, if not careful, is well, the heart is the soul. It's a mind, emotion, and will. And if it's led by our flesh, what do we do when we step out in the arena God has called us to? We do just like everybody else. We go, I'm supposed to fight who? So what do we do? We hide in the rocks. What we're supposed to use to kill what's running us down, we hide among it, right? Everybody hooked hid among the rocks. Why? Because God knew their heart. God knew they didn't trust in him, and these were the covenant people of God. Listen, you're sons and daughters of God. No matter how big the battle looms, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the God that saved you. Amen. The heart and mind. The heart is the mind, emotion, and will. God sees the intent of the heart. First Chronicles 28.9 says, And you, my son Solomon, learn to know your father, Father's God. Serve the Lord wholeheartedly. How? Wholeheartedly. Nothing divisive. You are totally and completely given to God. And the Spirit of God is what's leading your life. And willingly. What does willingly mean? Your will is operating in an aggressive fashion to the purpose of God. That's what willingly means. Because he searches every heart and understands every thought we have. Wow. If you dedicate your life to serving him, he will accept you. But if you abandon him, he will reject you from then on. Amen? Outside appearance will only give way to what the heart believes under a stressful situation. You know why we're put into some of these situations that we have? They get stressful, Sky, don't they? They're stressful. They're crazy. We don't know what's going on. And God is saying, are you going to trust me in this? It's easy when it's on the, we're on the boat and we're catching fish and the waves are calm and everybody's drinking lemonade. Isn't it cool? That's when life's so easy. But bless God, when we're put into that situation and push comes to shove, pushed by the enemy, and sometimes God has to shove us. I love it when he shoves me away from something just long enough for me to realize, what am I fixing to, have y'all ever been, what am I fixing to do? Come on, somebody. God's used somebody else or a situation, and he's pulled you away from that situation, and you look back and go, boy, I almost did. Huh? Jesus was tempted. He didn't sin, but he was tempted. David says, what about, David says when, they, when they're calling him to this situation, and I don't, I don't have time to explain the whole story, but he was in a valley, and he were, they were fighting the Philistines. He was sent to bring cheese and bread to his brothers, but more importantly, he was going to minister victory. 
But he didn't know, and he didn't realize, but he wasn't afraid that he was going to fight this guy. He had no idea when his daddy said, David, David, go out there and help your brothers out, give them a little encouragement, give them some stuff that they might need. But really, he was sent to minister the power of God. Come on. There are many situations that God's put you, God has put you in, and you know what you do when you get there? You think that you hadn't been called. When God first called me to open this church 20 years ago, you know what I did? Just like Saul, what are you calling me for? There are many other people more qualified to do this than me. Surely there's somebody else out there. And he goes, no, I'm calling you. You've been a coach for 21 years. And what they did to you in coaching when you win is great. But what they did to you when you lose, you're going to understand what being a pastor is all about. And that's what gave me the reinforcements when I got to a place that sometimes it's so difficult to be as a pastor. He was sent to minister the power of God. Just think, the bear and the lion were just the preliminary fights. Can you imagine? I can see Howard fighting a bear. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Howard's going. Yeah, you see me fighting. He says, all I got to do is outrun you, Pastor. But isn't it the truth? That was preliminary. You know, I mean, the deal is he was Buster Douglas and didn't know it. He was fighting in a situation when he first began as a child. He's out in the bush like they are in Africa. He's out in the bush. And in the bush, he, there's a lion and a bear comes up and he defeats both of them. And listen to me. You're sons of God just like David. He's your brother. You have been in the bush. You have faced many lions either in your marriage, in your family difficulties, on the job. There's a lion out there on your job, isn't there? There's a bear out there on their job, isn't there? There is. Admit it. But that's not what you're getting ready for. You have to beat those so you can face him. What a reward. (laughs) And you thought the lion and the bear had something. Look at who you're going to have to face. And the worst thing is with the lion and the bear, you only had an audience of sheep. You ever think about that? You only had an audience of sheep. Jeez, sheep, okay. Did y'all see what I just did? (laughs) Now you're put on display. Now listen to me. This is so important for you to see. The battles that you're going to be called to, whether you like it or not, as sons of God, are on display. First of all, on displays of your brothers and sisters because they need you to win. They need you to win. You know why they need you to win? Thank you. You know why they need you to win? Because they're struggling and they need to see somebody fight this dude and win. And some of you are going, man, nobody even watches what I'm doing. You know, I watch old Dustin play the drums, and it's not important to some of y'all in here. I was going to compliment him when he came down, but I forgot, but God just dropped it in me, so I'll tell him. I love to watch him play the drums. He is so in tune with the Holy Ghost when he's up there playing. I'm just like, man, won't you let me play? But I can't sound like him. I can't sound like, but he can really play. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap for Dustin. I love to watch him. He just like he's flowing. You understand? But that's not his Goliath. I hate to tell you, but there's one on the way. And if you beat this one, there might be one a little taller, but you know the confidence you'll have after you beat this one? But if you never face him. See, the problem is most of you never kept sheep. Come on, somebody. Now, that'll preach right there because you're above that. Keeping sheep, maybe cleaning a toilet. 
I've had people tell me they'll do anything in the church till we ask them to clean toilets. How come I still clean them? Huh? I don't know, I don't know what, what the big deal. You have to be able to progress because if God puts you in the army of this automatically, all right, go out there and you're going to go, who? You're going to be just like Saul. I hadn't killed a lion. I hadn't killed a bear. Why am I going to face this guy? I have no confidence. Amen? Most of our Goliaths, figure this out, are not nine foot nine. Are they? Not physically. But to be honest with you, they're a whole lot taller when you look at them in the natural. That's why you can't quit them. Listen to me. Most men in here believe this, right? I can take this guy down nowadays. I'm going to find a way to take him down. I'm going to outsmart him. I was talking to a guy in Africa two and a half weeks ago, and we were talking about animals and lions and elephants, and he said, listen, if I have a garden out in the bush and there's an elephant coming through there, I'm going to tell you I'm going to outsmart this elephant. I'm going, he's not going to destroy my livelihood. I will outsmart him, and if I have to, I'll kill him. See, but that's not why we look at things like this. When we look at things like this, he doesn't even have the mind of Christ, what we're fighting against. It's an entity that's totally against God. You have, if you're a son in here, you've been born again. You've confessed and you believe with your whole heart. You have the Spirit of God, and no matter what you're facing, instead of looking at the appearance of what you're facing, look at what's on the inside of you. That's all you have to do. I don't care if it's your child, your job, a sickness. But we said, but they said. So what they said becomes a nine foot nine giant. And we don't believe the word of God anymore because they said we couldn't live. Exactly what it is. David says, what about the lion and the bear? My heart proved true. See, it wasn't about defeating the lion and the bear. Are you with me? It's about his heart was true. I just told you, God looks at the heart. He knew the heart of David. When he saw the lion and the bear, he didn't go, oh my God, uh, I know that's not a lion. I know that's not a bear. Poor sheep. <laughs> it's not what he did. Do you understand what he did? You got to get this. He looked and saw and saw what he saw because he loved God so much. He was called to God. And I'm telling you what, when he saw the enemy, you know it stands as for Jesus and the church. That's the way Jesus protects the church. But we don't look at him like that. That's why the enemy comes and dismisses some of us from time to time. It's not God that dismissed you. It's the enemy. But you've claimed it's God. Okay. He sent to minister with bread and cheese, but really was sent to minister the power of God. David would not win... No help. How could he? Odds were against him. Do you know that the odds are against you? Do you know that? There are people in here thinking you'll never make college football. You've been given a scholarship. And you know what they're thinking? You ain't going to make it. But you know what you need to look at that? Every word that's said against what God has called you to, you need to look at that and step right through that thing. You really do. Listen to me. I was told I would never do anything of value. And I wouldn't unless I found Jesus. Or he found me. He wasn't lost. I was. <laughs> Sorry. Somehow we say that wrong. David couldn't win. He had no help, at least from the king or the trained soldiers. The people that should have been helping him, where were they? Where's the king? 
Somebody said David would fight. This is the smallest of the brothers. David comes up there looking like me going, I'll fight Goliath. Saul said, really? Well, here's my stuff. He didn't say, I'll help you. Listen to me. Some of you in here must know we may be as a collective body, but the things we go through, sometimes we have to stand in Christ alone. Isn't that right, Steve? You know that. And it's not that people don't share our hurt and our pain, but a lot of times we won't even share it. We're too proud. That's what Goliath had, the pride of life. Too proud. So what are your Goliaths? Now, you ever looked at his name, Goliath? He can only go and lieth. (laughs) Am I telling the truth or not? That's a great name. I was looking at it the other day, and I said, what's so spectacular about Goliath? And he, God said, slow down, Junior. So I said, go, Goliath. So everything that comes out of his mouth is a Goliath. So when he was saying what he was going to do to a servant of God, what was it? A lie. And who saw it? I'm trying to talk to some Davids in here today. And that's generic. Don't be saying, well, he's not talking to me. I'm a woman. You're a son. If you're a woman and you're saved, you're a son. <laughs> Let's get that straight. There's no libertarian up in here. Uh, we vote Jesus. Yeah. You better get that. That's who I vote. I vote Jesus. We're all equal in the eyes of God. Right. Yes. Goliath. Don't you like that? I do like it. Let me tell you what you first must face. So the lion and the bear. Then you're ready for the real battle. So what, have you first figured out what your lion and bear is? Help me. I'm out of time, but I'm really not because I'm the pastor here. (laughs) It's really cool. I like that. Because the clock can run out. But see, I think this message, I only have a little bit more and you need to hear it. When our hearts belong to the Lord, the battle belongs to the Lord. I want you to hear this. See, you heard that and you just went, I know that. No, you know it up here, but you don't know it here. Who you think you are, you fool? You liar. You go lie. Good name for you, you liar. That's not what we talk, how we talk to the devil. You know how we talk to him? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me get behind the rocks. <laughs> the victory can easily be the, the victor. That's us. Say, that's me. Can easily be the victim. I'm preaching to somebody in here because some of you walk around with a victim mentality. Until Christ becomes your life, then you should stop that. It is Christ who wins the battle. You must seize this in your heart. You will never be the victim again. You, because of the Christ life, will be the victor. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God who always, say always, Say it like you mean it. Leads us in. In. That's all you need to know. Always. Always. Always means always. That means in all ways. You just put it together and said always. Now I want to ask you again, what is your Goliath? Maybe. Maybe you have more than one. Let's just talk about a couple right quick and I'm going to hurry. Rejection, I hate to tell you, but almost 99 and 9 tenths and whatever it is to that, most people have rejection. Lust, 
That's probably two on the list of some sort. No, I'm just talking about sex. I'm talking about lust of flesh, food, what, anything. Anger? Come on, that's a big Goliath. These are big Goliaths I'm talking about. I know some of y'all are going, I ain't looking at them. See, these are your lion and your bear. That's all these are. Because until you, come on, stay with me. I, I have to preach this because it's so good. Until you deal with these, God can't take you to deliver some people that are hiding behind the rocks. You're the one that can deliver them. He's waiting on you. Kill your lion and your bear. This is them. You might have a lion spirit. Don't you love those people? When they're talking, you're going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Go lion. (laughs) How about a recyclist? Y'all know what a recyclist is? Does the same thing over and over. I mean... They can hit their finger with a hammer, and next week they're going to do it again. After it heals up, they're going to do it again. And you're like, dude, and your fingers are wore out. <laughs> I know, but they're almost healed up. Then you start on the other hand. No, it's the truth. I call a recyclist. How about the judgmentalist? I'm glad I'm not like them. The Pharisee said is the... As the Gentile said, have mercy on me, O God. And the Pharisee said, look at that loser. How about the gossipier? Talking about everybody and the whole time. You don't even know you're exposing yourself as Noah did when he got drunk in front of his sons. Insecurity, fear, and I'm sure you can add some others. These are... These are big lions and bears. The enemy has told you you will never be delivered from these and others. The odds are against you. Well, today, someone greater than Buster Douglas has done for you for what you cannot do for yourself. His name is Jesus. That's what he's done. Listen, he's done for you what you can't do for yourself. I know many of you struggle with these things, and we were, and we were born again. So... We let him deliver the knockout blow in us and through us. So back to this verse we started with. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you, that's what some of you, that's not what we are anymore. That's not what we are anymore. But you were washed. Come on, somebody. I am clean. You were sanctified. I put deodorant on. You were justified. I'm telling you, I don't have anything against me right now. Are y'all listening to this? In the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God. Everything is permissible for me, get this, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So if it's mastering you, then you need to line up and first kill the lion and the bear. And if it's a Goliath, you can tear him in half too. Every, even if you are still involved with such sin, it is not you It is the sin that's in you. You're born again. You have been washed. The key is not to try to change, but accept the exchange life from Jesus. Then you will beat the odds of the world. I'm almost done. Are you ready to beat the odds of the world? He's nine foot nine. 
The appearance looks like, Kendall, I can't win. I'm 5'7". Weigh 172 pounds. I don't run very fast anymore, but I don't run from trouble. I hopefully run to it. That's the difference of young Christians. They run from it. Where older Christians are supposed to run to it. When we're called to the battle, you have to understand as David was, he was the youngest one at the scene. The very youngest one, but he had such a call on his God, such a call of God on his life. When he saw the problem, he knew the God inside of him was the problem solver. Is that you today? Some of you at school and let the peer pressure of the school wear you out. Some of you young people think you're young and so you'll sow wild oats and whatever happens. No, you may not live to be old if you keep dancing with the devil. The problem with letting the devil ride, he always drives. Doesn't he? If you, if you dance with him, he always has to lead. Makes me mad. Every time I've ever done anything with him, he demands his rights. So I try not to do a whole lot with him. Amen? Why? I've killed a lion. I really have. In Africa, the Marans, that are the young warriors, have to kill a lion to become a full man with a spear, not with a 50 caliber gun. It's the truth. A spear. It's not a great spear. You've seen them. It's ridiculous. And if you run, you're labeled a coward for the rest of your life. The deal about these men that were hiding behind the rocks because David stood up and defeated Goliath they were given the opportunity to be ushered into the kingdom of God because one man stood. Because one man died on the cross, no matter how fearful we've been and how much cowardice we have, God has given us the right to be ushered into the kingdom of God through his son. He's killed every Goliath for you. All you have to do is operate in his grace. Quit looking at things in the appearance. We'll never have any money. We'll never buy a house. We'll never get a good car. Our kids will never be worth a flip. And you make this thing a whole lot taller. I'm going to make sure of this. I'm not sure I want to punch this. He's got two pieces of wood. See, I just want to come here and hit it. Steve, why are you always laughing at what I'm doing, man? If I hit that board right there, y'all would really laugh. Y'all would go, well, I don't know about this Goliath thing. Maybe we shouldn't fight him. When are we going to start? Mounting up like we've been called to mount up. It's time to rise up. It really is. Quit letting the appearance of things destroy the call of God on your life. Some of you in here truly have killed a lion. You really have. You've even killed a bear. But your next test is here. It's okay. Why? Because you didn't kill the first two. It was the God inside you that killed them. That's why you're still standing. How do you think 36 years later I have ever stood? I'm not standing here. It's the grace of God standing in me and through me that's still here. I brag on nothing but Jesus and Jesus alone. That's why I'm standing. Would you bow your head with me? You ready to face your Goliath? If you're not born again, you can't face your Goliath. If you're born again, you can't face the lion. If you're born again, you can't face the bear. If you're not born again, you can't even face the mouse. Born again means you have publicly stood and said, I believe in Jesus as God's son. 
And he died on a cross and took my sin if I was the only one. And he resurrected three days later, and I confess and believe that with my whole heart. And I receive him unto myself. If you've never done that, I'm telling you right now, today is your day. Because that's, a, that's not a lion in your life, and that's not a bear. Frog, that's a Goliath. If that's you, would you please raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you today. Don't be afraid. If you're afraid, that means this, this is styrofoam, y'all. That's really all that was. I mean, I think I can hit it right. I don't know. <laughs> Thank God I hit the right spot. That's all it is. It's styrofoam. Believe it or not, most of the situations that, we, uh, that appear to be something that they're not are nothing more than styrofoam. Because the God inside of us is so great. But one of the Goliaths we have is, well, I've already asked Jesus to come into my heart when I was at home, and I don't have to do it publicly. So did Jesus have to die publicly? The Bible said he did. Did he have to be made fun of publicly? The Bible said he did. Was he stripped naked? The Bible said he was. So when you stand up in a public place, what you're doing is you're doing exactly what Jesus did, and you're professing what he did was on your behalf, and you receive it. Anybody in here? Raise your hand. Come on, you need to do this today. It's your day. I see that. Thank you. Anybody else? There's one. I bet there's two in here. I'm serious. There's two people that need to raise their hand. Would you please go ahead and raise your hand? Go ahead and whip the devil. Anybody? Think about it. It's a Goliath, the reason why you won't whip your hand. See, that's, that's salvation. That's you admitting, I cannot do it myself. And you say, well, are we taking this much time for salvation? I'd say Jesus got whipped till he was unrecognizable, laid in the grave three, three days so death wouldn't be a, have any sting to you. Yes, I'm taking time. Come on, raise your hand. Because I got one already raised his hand. I'm going to pray with him. Anybody else? All right, how many of you just willing to you're ready to stand up. Let's just, let's just be generic. You're ready to stand up against the lion, the bear, so you can get ready for the Goliath. How many? That you stand. Now, you know what you're standing to say. You're standing to say you're not running from the lion and you're not running from the bear any longer. And you're going to have to ask God what they are. Okay? First thing we're going to do is pray for my brother right here. Y'all all repeat after me, and we'll all pray together with him for salvation. Bow your head, please. Father, in Jesus' name, I know I'm a sinner because all men were before they were saved. But today, I choose Jesus to be my life, my Lord, and my Savior. I trust him that he took my sin on the cross. And by the spirit of the living God, I will let him invade me. And from this day forward, I will learn how to be a giant killer. I believe in Jesus with my whole heart. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap. Somebody in a minute, she'll have a, in a minute, she'll have a gift for you right over here. That's so important to get born again. 36 years ago, I did that. I did. 
and, and I had to act. God wouldn't let me just be cool. I had to literally act like the biggest fool in the place. I mean, I got up here and wallowed around and cried, and, and really, I did, but that's what God, God had to break the pride off of me because I was such a prideful person and still battle that from time to time. Now, we're going to stand and face that bear. Amen. What is it? I want you to spend a little time right now, just a little time. Ask God, what's my bear? What's my lion? You know what it is. And if you don't know, the Spirit of God will tell you. you. Are you afraid? As long as you go by the appearance, that means you're looking out of your soul, man, and not out of your spirit, man. If you look out of your spirit, man, you'll see truthfully that you can take this guy down. That you can take him down. Nine foot nine. 850 pounds of... You know you can't win, but God can. <laughs> Let's pray today. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to be a giant killer. I want to be a giant killer. But I got to kill my lion. I kill my bear. I line up to do that. I will not go by appearances. But teach me how to look through your spirit. But teach me how to look through your spirit. I love you. I love you. I know I'm your son. I know I'm your son. Treat me as such. Treat me as such. Lead me in that direction. Lead me in that direction. To your victory. To your victory. The battle belongs to you. The battle belongs to you. I'll just be your vessel. I'll just be your vessel. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Give the Lord a hand clap today. God bless you. I love you. Tomorrow, Monday night's prayer. And don't forget New Beginners Fellowship in the back room on the left as you leave the foyer. Newcomers Fellowship. Children are welcome if you have any. Have a Jesus day.
Check, check. Okay, so I'll be like, y'all give it up for the big kids. Hey, everybody, we're the big kids. We may be the smallest people here, but we know what today's all about. Today we're celebrating that she. Okay, that's why we practice. That's good. So now we know. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I can be okay. Okay. We know now. We know about that microphone. You. He he said the whole thing. Just that Jesus is alive, but that's you know what. That's why I love to do dress rehearsals and practices like the real thing. That way we find stuff that out like that. Aren't you glad we didn't have to figure that out on Wednesday? I am. I'm good. I know. It's okay.
Oh, Ian's. So we are missing someone. We're missing Ian. Okay. Um, who's this? Who is my friend? What's your name? Hi. Destiny, can you come up here and be a helper for me just for a minute? Okay, I just need her to help me for just a second. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Um, so stand up, Cody. That's not standing up. I need y'all to stand up straight and tall. Straight. Just put two feet on the floor. I don't want you to do this. I want you to just do that. Yeah, perfect. Put your hands to your side, everybody. Hey, Jordan, I don't want y'all to do this. Hey, Dominic, I don't want you to do that. Okay. Okay, Ella, move this way. Good. Okay, Luke, move between Ella and Dominic. Move over, Jordan. Okay, good. Um, Olivia, move that way. Trinity, move that way. Emma, move this way, but like a little, eh, not that much. Okay, go back. Back. That way. Okay, come up a little, Mariah. You're a little too far back. Okay, that's good. Okay, Jaden, you're good. Um, this other side still looks more crowded for some reason. Okay, uh, Dylan, go out. Go, uh, Dylan, you're good. Uh, Matthew, go this way. Okay, no, that's good. That's good. Just right there. I was trying to leave room for Kristen in the spotlight. Okay, Charlie, stand up, Sophia. Let me sit. Oh, got it. Okay, that's cool. Okay, so Van, move over. Move over. Okay, that's good. So Destiny would be, Destiny, can you just go in front of uh, Skip? Can you all show her who Skip is? You're just going to stand there. No, 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 Mariah, I don't want you to move. I can't have you move. Okay, Gracie, come this way. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, so Van, so Ian can be in, like kind of between Skip and Jaden. Boom, right there. Uh-huh. And then Sophia, come this way maybe. No. Mm-hmm. Stay back. Well, well, I just couldn't see Charlie. That was the only thing. So go back, Sophia. Okay, come up a little bit, Kaylee. Charlie, can you get where we can see? Like, can you kind of be between? No, no, you're, okay, then Zoe's going to have to move over a little. Okay, good. Charlie, you good? Okay, everybody stand up straight and tall. Okay, move up some, Gracie. Okay, that's good. And then there's a room for Kristen. Okay, I need you to stay right there because I'm going to.
When you hold a microphone, you're gonna hold it with one hand, okay? So you can have your other hand to do things with, okay? We're not gonna, here, look, do you see how I'm holding the microphone? Everybody, can you see me? You're holding it, you're pointing it right at your mouth. You don't put it on your mouth. You hold it a few inches away from your mouth and you speak clearly, okay? And then your other hand, look at my other hand. See my free hand? It's not gonna be in my pocket. It is not gonna be in my pocket. I'm gonna put it by my side and I'm going to use it to have expression. Like if I'm like, and God's going to use me, okay? I use my free hand. So I'm not going to have my hand in my pocket. No hands in pockets. Put your hands out of your pockets, Cody. Skip. All right, so we don't want to have our hands in our pockets, all right? So, and we're relaxed. Everybody look at me. We're nice and relaxed. See, I've got my microphone up. I'm speaking clearly. I got my hand out. All right. Pastor Rachel's going. Y'all are doing good. Mm-hmm. Oh, your order. Do you have your order? Okay. Y'all are being really good. Thank you. Okay, thank y'all for your patience. Y'all did good. Okay, we're going to line y'all up. So Pastor Colby's been telling y'all that you're just going to line up across the front of the stage, but I didn't want to do it like that. I want y'all to come out, say your line, and walk to this place. Walk to this place that you are right now. So if I'm the first, can you run and go get the script? It's like on top of the sound booth. So like if it's your turn, how many of you play baseball? Okay, so there's a person that's up to bat. And then there's a person that's on deck, right? What does it mean to be on deck, Kaylee? It means you're next, okay? So the first person is Emma, okay? Emma's first. So Emma's going to take the mic, and she's going to walk up, and she's going to say her, okay, can I have one of them? She's going to say her uh, line, and while she's saying her line, Jaden is second, so he's going to be on deck, and that's on deck. Okay, well, let's change it because that's going to be your spot. On deck is right here in front of this guitar pedal. So just like right here, this is going to be on deck. Okay? So if you're next, you're going to come on deck. And Miss Christine or Faith or Paige is going to help you. Mm-hmm. And then, no, this is on deck. And so as soon as Emma gets finished, you're going to come take the mic from her quickly and say your, so Emma, after you say your part, then you're just going to come stand right here. Uh-huh, after you hand the mic, okay? So let's just try that first. So let's um, slow, well, let's wait for your name to be called, and we're going to make a straight line. Emma, right here. Carefully walk down the stairs, please. Jaden, Sophia, Dominic. Okay, yeah. So, so Emma, Miss Christine is the front of the line. Uh, Van, Luke, Olivia, Cody. So the order is Emma, Jaden, Sophia. It's a straight line, guys. Cody, this is the line. There you go. Luke, uh, Olivia. So, Cody, you're behind Olivia. Gracie, you're next. Charlie Ray, Matthew, Mariah, but carefully on the stairs. 
And then after Mariah is Ian. So Ian's not here, right? Okay. Tyler, Kaylee, Dylan. So Dylan, you're behind Kaylee, okay? And then Jordan, you're after Dylan. Skip, Hannah, Ella, Trinity, Zoe. Oh, thank you. Sorry about that. That's my water, too. Here you go, Christine, just so you can. Can I have another strip? Okay, nice. And I'll take these because you're going to be on stage, so you don't really need one. Okay, so y'all are going to follow Miss Christine. Go ahead. Yeah, y'all go ahead. And um, we're going to just walk through it. Hey, Emma. So on, let's make on deck some, either I'll put an X or we could just make it. Or can this just be on deck? I have red. Here's on deck. So will you tell them that this is on deck? Get that little plug. It's that plug. Okay, so here we go. Hey, kids, no talking. Just be still. I know it's kind of weird, but y'all can do it, okay? Okay, we're going to just walk through it. So, Emma. at school. I dressed up to be a police officer, but some of my friends said I can't be a police officer because I'm a girl. The world says women shouldn't have the same opportunities as men. But the last time I checked, Jesus didn't just die for men. He died for everybody, which means I could do anything God puts over my heart. I had a rough start in this world, and my home life was a mess. My biological parents did not know how to be good parents. It was hard not knowing where I was going to go, but God has placed me with an amazing new family. Jeremiah 1.5 says that God has ordained and destined me to do something great. God defeated the odds by rising from the dead. With him, I can defeat the odds by being a successful man of God. Sometimes I feel little to do big things, but I know God has big plans for my life. I have a dream to be a cowboy. The world hasn't given me the best role models of what a real man looks like, but I am going to keep my eyes focused on my Heavenly Father. I know He'll be the example that 
God has called me to be. Van's in the bathroom. When I grow up, I want to be a construction worker. I will need to learn lots of different skills, be smart, work really hard just like my dad. It's going to be tough, but with God's resurrection power, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. that God can beat the odds in my life, but I want to take this time and declare that he can do it in my little brother. As well, my little brother Gideon has a blood disorder, and the world says that there are things he won't be able to do. But I am standing in faith today, believing in a God that defies the odds. Awesome. Now, I declare that my little brother Gideon will do everything that God has planned for him. Sometimes kids at school bully me, and it can make me feel unimportant. But I don't believe God died and rose again for me to be unimportant. I'm important because God says so. When I grow up, I want to be a computer technologist. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to use the same technology God used to ride Jesus from the dead. Holy Spirit technology. dream to be a singer as a child. The world says, don't even try to be a singer because not many people make it. But I know that I can accomplish my dream because God is on my side. First John 4, 4 says, if God be for me, who can be against me? God didn't leave Jesus in the grave, so I know that I can trust him to bring my dreams to life. You're going to hand it to Charlie, but I made a new on deck because on deck was kind of like right in Sophia's spot. So here's a cross for on deck, and there's an X for where you stand. My dad died when I was young. The odds are a lot harder for young men who don't have dads. Jesus not only rose to be my savior, but also to be my father. I went to graduate high school with ever failing one class. I know that's going to be tough, and I don't even think my dad did that. I know I know it's going to be tough with all that score, but God says, I have the mind of Christ. A year and a half ago, I had an accident where I lost four fingers and half of my thumb. My friends 
say I won't be able to ride a bike or do lots of things. But I know the same power that rose Jesus lives in me, just like Ephesians 1.19 says. I have a dream to be a professional football player. The word says only zero point I mean point a zero point z zero eight percent of high school athletes make it to the NFL. That's pretty good odds. Sitting in there was only zero percent chance that Jesus was gonna rise from the dead. With God on my side, I can beat the odds. I have really big dreams. When I grow up, I want to be a vet or a surgeon. I'm not sure yet, but I know it's going to be big. The world might say I'm not smart enough, but I believe the I believe 1 Corinthians 2.16, where the Bible says, I have a mind of Christ, and I do not serve the God of the dead, but I serve the God of the living. I know he is going to live through me all the days of my life. kids and helping take care of children, but the world says that I cannot make a difference in the lives of children because I'm too young. Because I know the resurrection power of God lives in me, I know that I am making a difference. Because 1 Timothy 4.12 says that I am not too young to make a difference now. When I, when I grow up, I have a dream to be a doctor. Things could be hard because I know I'm going to have to stay on task, make good grades, and go to college. I know I can do it because Philippians 4.13, I can do, which it says, I can do all things through according to Christ in me, who gave me strength, I can be a doctor. After I was born, I was sick and had to go to the hospital for several days. The devil tried to take me out when I was born, but the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that God has great plans for my life even before I was born. Okay, 
Over two years ago, I was in a terrible car accident where I flew forward in the car and had to be life-flighted to the hospital. The doctor had found out that I had cracked my skull and had to have emergency surgery. The doctor said that if I had gotten there five minutes later, I would not have lived. The devil had a plan to take me out, but I believe what Jeremiah 29:11 says, that God had a plan for my life to give me a hope in a future. When I get older, I want to be a teacher. But the world says because I can be shy and I struggle with my grades, that it will be hard to become a teacher. But I know that God's power lives in me, and I'll be the best teacher the world has ever seen. I'm a homeschooler with really great dreams. The world says that because I homeschool, maybe I won't have the same opportunities as other students, and I won't be able to get scholarships for college. I've also been told that I'm missing out. I'm not listening to the world, though. God's word says in First Peter, First Peter two nine, that that I am set apart to serve God. My opportunities aren't going to come from where I go to school, but from the great big God that I serve. That is it. Thank you, Ms. Kristen. But hey, don't put your feet right next to each other because that can, when you stand for a long time, it, that can make you get a little uh, wobbly. So, so put a little room bef- between your feet so you have a nice sturdy base. Okay. Now, while y'all are saying those lines, Miss Julie is going to be playing the piano. Okay. So why don't we do it again and then um, and we'll do it with the music this time, Julie, while they're saying their lines. And when they get finished, um, Kristen will, so it's going to get dark on stage. Okay, when y'all get finished, and you just have to be still while Miss Kristen sings. Okay, so let's slowly walk without talking, and let's get in our single file line in front of Miss Christine. 
And see if y'all can remember where your spot is. If you can't, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are y'all ready? Y'all did so good. Hey, for some of you, remember to do your exciting part of your lines, but some of you didn't. Here, I'll say it real quick. Emma, Jaden, Sophie. Oh, you're doing it, Christine. Y'all listen to Miss Christine. She's doing it. While she's doing that, I just want to say some of y'all remembered to, to be exciting during your, your lines, but some of y'all kind of were just like, look at me real quick. Look at me, Tyler. Y'all look at me, Mariah. Look at me. Some of y'all were just like this the whole time. You want to have something, even if it's just one or two words that, that changes in what you're saying. So it's excite. It's a little more exciting. Okay. Sometimes I feel too little to do big things, but I know God has big plans for my life. Did y'all notice the words that I kind of made bold? Okay. So instead of saying, Sometimes I feel too little to do big things, but I know God has big plans for my life. That's like this. Okay. Some of y'all did that, but some of you did have, have excitement. So that's great. But sometimes I feel too little to do big things, but I know God has big plans for my life. Okay. Um, oh, thank you, Colby. Okay. Y'all ready? So Colby, can you kind of put the lights, like bring the house lights down? And y'all can go ahead and get set up. And uh, right before this is worship. So we, we're worshiping and we are. I know I'll do it again. I made a way. No, I'll do it again. All right, this time, please welcome our EFJ kids as they share with. Oh, no, Colby's going to do a little intro about how God's going to use us against all odds. not knowing where I was going to go, but God has blessed you with an amazing new family. Jeremiah 1.5 says that God has ordained and destined me to do something great. God defeated the odds by rising from the dead. With him, I can defeat the odds by being a successful man of God. Sometimes I feel little to do big things, but I know God has big plans for my life. cowboy. The world hasn't given me the best role models of what a real man looks like, but I'm going to keep my eyes focused on my heavenly father. I, I know he'll be the example that all that God has called me to be. 
When I grow up, I want to be in construction work. I'll have to learn lots of different skills, be smart, and work hard just like my dad. It's going to be tough, but with God's resurrection power, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know that God can beat the odds in my life, but I want to take this time and declare that he can do it in my little brother. As well, my little brother Gideon has a blood disorder, and the world says that there are things he won't be able to do. But I am standing in faith today, believing in a God that defies the odds. Sometimes kids at school bully me, and it can make me feel unimportant. But I don't believe God died and rose again for me to be unimportant. I'm important because God says so. When I grow up, I want to be a computer technologist. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to use the same technology God used to ride Jesus from the dead. Holy Spirit technology. dream to be a singer as a child. The world says, don't even try to be a singer because not many people make it. But I know that I can accomplish my dream because God is on my side. First John 4, 4 says, if God be for me, who can be against me? God didn't leave Jesus in the grave, so I know that I can trust him during my dreams to life. My dad died when I was a baby. The odds are a lot harder for young men who don't have dads. But Jesus not only rose to be my savior, but also to be my father. I want to graduate high school with ever failing one class. I know that's going to be tough, and I don't even think my dad did that. It's going to be tough with all that schoolwork, but God says I have the mind of Christ. A year and a half ago, I had an accident where I lost four fingers and half of my thumb. My friends say I won't be able to ride a bike or do lots of things, but I know the same power that rose Jesus lives in me, just like Ephesians 1.19 says. a dream to be a professional football player. The word says only 0.08% of high school athletes make it to the NFL. So that's pretty good odds considering that was only 0% chance that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. With God on my side, I can beat the odds. I have really big dreams. When I grow up, I want to be a vet or a surgeon. I'm not sure yet, but I know it's going to be big. The world might say I'm not smart enough, but I believe 1 Corinthians 2.16 where the Bible says, 
I have the mind of Christ, and I do not serve the God of the dead, but I serve the God of the living, and I believe he is going to live through me all the days of my life. and helping take care of children. But the world says that I cannot make a difference in the lives of children because I'm too young. Because I know that the resurrection power of God lives in me. I know that I am making a difference now. Because 1 Timothy 4.12 says that I am not too young to make a difference. When I grow up, I have a dream to be a doctor. Things could be hard because I know that I'm going to have to stay on task, make good grades, and go to college. I know I can do this because Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through according through strength. Because if Jesus didn't rise, if Jesus rose from the dead, I can be a dog. sick and had to go to the hospital for 13 days. The devil tried to take me out when I was born, but the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that God has great plans for my life even before I was born. Over two years ago, I was in a terrible car accident where I flew forward in the car and had to be life-flighted to the hospital. The doctor had found out that I had cracked my skull and had to have emergency surgery. The doctor said that if I had gotten there five minutes later, I would not have lived. The devil had a plan to take me out, but I believe what Jeremiah 29:11 says, that God has a plan for my life to give me a hope and a future. When I get older, I want to be a teacher. But the world says because I can be shy and I struggle with my grades, that'll be hard to become a teacher. But I know that God's power lives in me, and I will be the best teacher the world has ever seen. I'm a homeschooler with really great dreams. The world says that because I homeschool, maybe I won't have the same opportunities as other students and that I won't be able to get scholarships for college. I've also been told that I'm missing out. I'm not listening to the world, though. God's Word says in 1 Peter 2.9 that I am set apart to serve God. My opportunities aren't going to come from where I go to school, but from the great big God that I serve.
feels like it's getting hard to breathe And I know you, you feel like dying But I promise you'll take the world to its feet And move, and move a That's what I want to practice. So, um, so on the second chorus, Colby, let me let me give you the words real quick. Can you turn the lights up so I can see? Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, 